Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Back-to-back wins, back-to-back clean sheets. Charlton are back in action, and so far, they're back with a bang. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. On your Sunday evening, my name is Louis Mendez, and joining me on the phone to look back at yesterday's 1-0 win over QPR at the Valley R. Uh, in one, it's the famous Lewis Cat. Hey, Dean Luke. Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Did you uh, in- enjoy the action yesterday on, on Valley Pass? Oh, very much so, mate. It was fantastic. Another another big three points, so can't complain. Excellent stuff. Also joining us on the phone uh, this evening, we've got the famous Mark Newbury. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, well, I'm sorry, sorry to hear about your your uh, uh, un- unemployment, but well, I'm, gl- I'm glad the addicts have uh, managed to cheer you up. Someone who's perennially unemployed these days, or retired as he prefers to call it, uh, is of course the famous Terry Smith. How are you doing, Tell? 
Unemployable, I think, is the is the phrase you were looking for. But uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Sorry, Mark's uh, Mark's news, by the way. Yeah, what what a way to find out on Charlton Live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, well, uh, good to see you, Taryn. Uh, how did you enjoy yesterday? Of course, uh, over at the Valley. Well, well, yeah, well, still weird, um, and probably weirder com- compared to the whole game because being at the Valley with nobody there, it just felt very strange. Uh, as as I'm sure everybody felt the same way. But uh, uh, the three points all that matters. Uh, no, back-to-back wins, you can't argue with that. And, and if uh, if we wanted anything out of this when we came back, it had to be that. Mm. Yeah, and that's exactly what we've got so far. Two 1-0 wins, uh, which has seen us, uh, I was going to say, pull away from the relegation zone. Haven't really. We're three points ahead of it after uh, Huddersfield's heavy defeat and Nottingham Forest today. Um, but yeah, important to get those clean sheets and those and those uh, 1-0 wins that started us in this uh, little nine-game burst towards the end of the season. Uh, we started it off uh, very well. So on this evening's show, of course, we're going to look back at that game. We're going to hear the Valley Pass highlights uh, from yesterday's win over QPR. Also hear Lee Bowyer's post-match press conference uh, when he spoke to myself. And Terry also got uh, the goal scorer, Darren Prattley, uh, uh, spoke to myself. He didn't speak to Terry because Terry can't work Zoom, it turned out, uh, <laughs> after the game yesterday. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get Terry to explain a bit more about that later on. Uh, so we'll hear from Pratters as well. We've got some tweets and some emails that have come in uh, throughout the course of the afternoon uh, as well uh, to hear your views on the performance and then uh, we'll uh, we'll start to gear up look ahead to to Tuesday's trip to Cardiff maybe discuss a little bit about who was there yesterday uh, at the Valley because some interesting faces in the crowd as well so Terry uh, before we dive into the highlights I say you were there commentating uh, luckily not over Zoom uh, what, what, what did you make of the game? Go on, go on, go on. Uh, well, it was only that it, well, Zoom worked perfectly for me when uh, Lee Bay was in front of me, but uh, for some reason we had to wait uh, an age for, for Darren Prattley, obviously because he was getting showered up, I, I understand that. Somewhere between um, uh, Lee Bay leaving and Darren Prattley arriving, uh, the uh, the audio button on, on, the, uh, on the system didn't work for some reason. He could hear me, I couldn't hear him. Mm, yeah. But there we are. Uh, probably didn't want me to ask the burning question about uh, whether he thought you should, uh, might have been sent off. So, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew. But um, on the game itself, I thought uh, it's very similar to the Hull, I thought. But, I mean, QPR clearly offered more, uh, and they, they look more of a threat, generally speaking. And I think Dylan Phillips had uh, a couple of crucial saves to make. But um, similarly, I don't think, apart from that little burst uh, early in the second half where Dylan had to make those saves, I. I wasn't again overly concerned. Um, I thought Hugo up front was uh, was was almost not. In, you know, it was. Don't, it didn't cause any problems. He was a unit and uh, and he was physical, but I didn't think he caused our defence any real problems. As a clearly the standout player, uh, but in the first half he was non-existent. Second half a little bit better, but I thought the um, the threats that were imposed pretty much all came from us. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly felt like that. We certainly felt comfortable again, which was which was good to see. Mark, obviously you were weren't there, so I'm, I'm guessing you you watched the game on the on the stream. Uh, another set piece goal, a goal for, for for Darren Prattley again, which has been good to see. Yeah, no, it, it's good and, and well organised and well put away. Um, it's squirmed through the keeper, so you know you'll you'll take it. It's good. They can really deal with the um, power we had up there. Um, no, I think you know pretty much agree with Terry with his assessment of the game. You know, keep it, you can understand why their manager didn't want the season to restart. He was one of the most vocal ones who, who said he just wanted it to finish, and I think you know it shows in, in their attitude in that first half. I think Bowie's got a lot fired up and it works. Yeah, it certainly has. And Lewis, um, you know, the three points, six points we've, we've earned since coming back into action. You'd, you'd hope that would have pulled us a little bit further away than it has, but a lot of teams 
uh, down the bottom are picking up points. But I mean, as uh, as anyone in football will tell you, you can only really concentrate on your own results. So you have to be reasonably pleased with how it's gone since the restart. Yeah, 100%. I mean, as you say there, it's, it's shown even more now just how vital these these two wins have been, uh, especially with the sides around us picking up results. As we said at the start, just before the season resumed, you know, the form kind of goes out the window um, in all of this. And it seems like the, the sides that were struggling before the lockdown have, have come out a little bit refreshed and uh, seem to have a bit of fight about them. Uh, so it shows... It's, it's how important it's been for us to come out fighting straight away, and we have done. I think I think we were fantastic yesterday. I thought that um, that Darren Prattley was was brilliant. I thought Josh Cullen was brilliant. Albie as well. I thought we dominated them in midfield. I was so surprised to see the possession stats pop up on iFollow that we only had thirty five percent because I just felt like we had the ball uh, for quite large stages. And what we did with the ball as well, I thought our passing was was great. Some of our build-up play was was really fast-paced and good to watch. It was like watching, you know, the child at the start of the season where we, the, the exciting on-the-floor football. We started to sort of come away from that a little bit um, just before lockdown and started playing a bit more sort of long ball and it wasn't really working for us. So it's nice to see that we've reverted to the to the sort of exciting football that Bowyer instilled when he came in. Uh, and it really paid off yesterday. I thought that, that QPR really struggled to deal with what we offered. I thought that, that Hemed and, and Maka were brilliant up top again. I thought that Chucks was great when he came on and that they just couldn't handle this yesterday. And as, as Mark and Terry have sort of, um, you know, they've said there about QPR, they just, they didn't look up for it. And, um, you know, they haven't got a huge amount to play for now, but they'll be disappointed with the way they performed yesterday. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I can't imagine we'll be coming up against Eze in the championship next year because I thought he was their standout player. But I thought we dealt with him very well. And that just... That highlights how good of a job the guys did yesterday. Excellent stuff. Right, so let's have a listen then to the highlights of the game from Valley Pass. Your commentators were, as always, Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. 11 minutes gone. 11 and a half now. Cullen with a corner. It's a good one. Into the centre. Prattley's over the header. And yes, it's Camrose. Cullen have the lead. 11 and a half minutes gone. Another Cullen corner. Prattley Rose got his header there. Kelly got a touch on it, but he deflected onto the post and in for the opening goal. Well, they talk about how important set pieces are going to be for the Addicts this season for the remainder of this season. That's another lovely well-worked corner. It's a great delivery from Cullen and a superb header from Prattley. The corner before, he tried to find Prattley at the far post. This time, Prattley made his run inside. It's a good, strong header from the centre midfielder. The keeper, Kelly, got a touch. He hits the post and goes in. And Charlton, after... Well, just coming up to 12 minutes after the lead. Halfway line. Hemet trying to control for no, Charlie. He's done well. really well to find Bond. Superb. Out to the left to Morgan. Lovely ball down the line to Macaulay Bond again. Macaulay Bond on the left-hand side in the pounce here. Bond with the shot. Oh, Ooh, it's just so tipped wide by Kelly. What a bit of play, though, from Charlton Hemet with the control. Backwards to Morgan. Lovely first time ball down the line to Bond again. Didn't really have a lot of options. And looked to try and squeeze it towards that near post. And Kelly gets a fingertip. It's out for a little bit to Prattley, but exchanges passes for Chair. It's backwards to ball. And there is the half-time whistle. We're here at the Valley. Charlton going to the break with a one-goal lead, courtesy Charlton of It's a challenge from Bond. No free kicks as the referee ball in the box. is dangerous one. Hugo's there. It's a save from Dylan Phillips. Vital save. Can Phillips get to the second ball? He can. That is awesome. Absolutely superb from Dylan Phillips. It's a great ball in, you've got to say. And uh, you'd, you'd have put your house on Hugo Berry in that, but 
Dylan Phillips right in the right place at the right time and then did superbly well to get to him. On Barbe, it's a good clearance from the QPR member. Well intercepted by Adam Matthews. He wanted it more there for Cholne and could bring it forward, Matthews. He's on a run here, the Welsh right back. Still with it, Adam Matthews. Corner pound here, Matthews still with it. Ball looking for McCauley. Oh. Ball, it's just over his head. And QPR deflected away. So close. What a great break. Matthews is super. Opportunity for Manning. He'll look to take on McGeady. Skips past him momentarily. McGeady trying to get the ball, but QPR still have it with Manning. Inside a pounce here. Shoots and wide. Dear, dear, dear. Was it chair in the end? It might have been. No, I think it was. Manning, the left back. That sort of went in slow motion, that little passage across. Goes back to Lockhughes under pressure from Hugo. Decides to go forward. Surprisingly, go back there. Tom Lockhill is a good ball forward to McGeady. McGeady can pick it up for Charlton. He's got Hemet behind him. McGeady, chip ball in towards McCauley. Bone free and yes! Oh, he's offside. Oh. I think he oh, might have been as I well. I think he was offside from the first phase, though, not the second. And that's going to be worth looking at. Yeah, he certainly have, was offside when the ball went through to McGeady. Don't have the benefits of... Whether he was offside when McGeady's cross came in, I'm not so sure. Quickly taken corner into Doherty's feet. Doherty, edge of the penalty area. Chip ball back across. Can, uh, it's a oh. header comes in from Lockyer. Just it's wondered unlucky. if he could reach it, and he did, but he couldn't get uh, the right angle on it. And it's clear to thought about crossing it, changes his mind, gives it back to Doherty. Will he take Kane on on the left hand side? Cuts inside instead, runs out of run, but he's always oh, still on the ball, rides a tackle, still on it, Doherty. Gets his oh! shot away off underneath the keeper who just got his midriff on it and it squeezed past the right hand post for a corner. Yeah, great tenacious work from Doughty. He's he caught in a cul-de-sac, didn't really have any options and he just bundled his way through, got into that left foot and it's actually a good save from Kelly again, diving down because that came through a couple of bodies. A loose pass forward has found Doughty who sends the ball now down the line to Anike. Will he aim for goal? Anike, no, he's going straight for the corner great flag idea. with only 30 seconds of time remaining. Right by the corner flag. Barbe trying to get a toe in, he does, but Anike's still on it. Turns it back round in towards the corner flag. Now towards the touchline. Oh, he's still on it, Chucks Anike. That is superb. Brilliant. And he wins the corner. Brilliant. Outstanding work from Chucks Anike. You just see Johnny Jackson on the touchline just screaming at Anike, saying, get to the corner flag. Don't worry about trying to go for it. And he's done superbly well with those long, dangly legs to keep the ball in play. Well, I make it now. We've got time up. And Come there on! is the final whistle. Charlton, a second 1-0 victory on the trot. There we go then, the uh, highlights from yesterday's game. Tell. Um, yeah, not not bad. I mean, let, let, let's go straight for the goal then. A, a set, the second goal we scored from a set piece since the restart. The second one that's come from a corner. Um, and we saw sort of earlier on Darren Prattley, uh, I mean, Josh Cullen floated a corner towards the far post where Darren Prattley was lurking. It went just over his head. Uh, and so clearly something they worked on because when they got it right, Prattley was there to, to attack the ball and make sure it squirmed into the bottom corner. Yeah, actually, generally one of the questions I was going to ask Darren Prattley, and this again could have been wired, but they wouldn't let me on, is, um, you know, Josh Cullen last week against Hull floated two uh, absolute mare of corners in before then picking Jason Pearce out of, Hemed out, sorry, at the near post, and then Jason Pierce at the far for the flick on. And, and similarly, yesterday uh, he, he stuck one just before the uh, the goal to the fast uh, to the far side of the six yard box, well over everybody. And, and Darren Pratley was was there or thereabouts. Is it is it a case of lulling the opposition into a false sense of security? So he puts so he puts a couple of absolute stinkers in, and then puts one right on the money. Uh, which is pretty much what he did yesterday. You know, the first one was uh, nowhere near there, and the second one just picked him out. And, and the keeper, to be fair, got his end of it, but um, it would have been a travesty if they hadn't gone in. Uh, unfortunately, in off the post is good enough. Mm. Uh, and I thought, uh, funnily enough, uh, I think Lewis mentioned the stat, uh, the, the percent, percent, possession stat, sorry. 
Uh, and yeah, on the face of it, it looks strange. We've only got thirty-five percent. And bearing in mind, we had like twelve shots to their six, I think, and ten corners to their one. But their possession mostly, I think, came in their uh, their own sort of their own third of the pitch in front of the penalty area because we were pinning them back, especially in that first half. I don't think uh, they very rarely got out of it because we were pressing them so high. Um, and so, you know, yes, they had the ball, but they were doing they were doing nothing with it. And, and as soon as they approached our half, just gave it back to us. It was um, it was a it was a perfect Bowyer. Uh, tactical uh, match that uh, that we saw in the beginning of the season, and now we've had that rest. Maybe we're seeing it again. Yeah, and uh, I mean, particularly in that first half, we were clearly the better side. I mean, it was notable, uh, Mark, in in the first drinks break. Um, I don't know if they would have shown it on the stream, but we could see all the, the QPR players were getting a right telling off from Mark Warburton um, because I, I don't think Charlton really let them settle in that in that first period. No, we didn't. Which is, I think, it's credit to us. Um, and to be honest, I've not been a fan of Warburton. I know he's a couple of times when there's been a vacancy with us, his name's popped up, and you, you hope it does, he doesn't come come here. Um, but again, I'd like to. I think they, they were pretty much thinking it wasn't going to go ahead for league, and so they're behind on everything. I think you know we've sent our players out and told them to look get fit because we're probably going to play, and they were hoping they weren't going to. And I'm not surprised it gave them a rocket. Um, like I say, first half, I just think we were too good for them. I thought Lockyer, you know, particularly anything which came up up there, he, he loves that kind of battle. You know, he gets gets his head on it, gets a face on it, gets a boot on it, anything. And for me, out of the back four, I mean, they all did well, but Lockyer was really outstanding for me yesterday. Yeah, he, he certainly uh, he, he certainly dealt very well with uh, uh, the likes of Jordan Hugill. Uh, who are up there, Lewis? I mean, like we were saying in that in that first half, we felt comfortable. I thought uh, Albie Morgan again. You can see him trying to sort of spray a few passes, getting his range. There was a couple that that, that went awry, but I mean, the ball he played through from McCauley Bond, sort of ten minutes before half time, uh, where Macca got a shot away. I mean, it just shows that the quality we've got in midfield there and an ability, hopefully, to try and try and thread a, a ball through almost out of nothing. Yeah, it was it was brilliant football, and again. As you say there, Albie just impressed me massively yesterday. He's he's come on so much. I, I know Bo mentioned about you know how he's he's come back a completely different machine. Uh, you know after the lockdown break, but he he really has, isn't he? He's come back like he just determined he's got this sort of a bit more of an edge about him, a competitive edge, and he was chasing down every single ball yesterday. He was he was doing the defensive work he could. Yes, he may have been out muscled a couple of times on the ball. He's still a young player that's that's building up. But he, he, I thought he played really, really well yesterday, and he's doing himself bundles of favours. You know, he's he's taken the criticism that has been passed his way previously regarding his defensive game and and some of the aspects of the game. He still needs to learn, and he's gone away, and he's he's worked hard, and it's showing now. And he can be really proud of himself. And and Charlton fans have been singing his praises from both performances uh, from the whole game and yesterday and it's so good to see because I've always seen something special in Albert Morgan um, ever since he sort of came onto the scene last season in League One and I'm glad to see him now sort of getting the plaudits and and getting a chance in the championship because he he deserves it and I was really impressed with him yesterday and uh, yeah he was fantastic so good on Albie. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so so obviously we'd had a, a good first half there, Terry. Start of the second half, we had this, we've had this knack, haven't we, over the course of the season of seem to start quite slowly after the restart, and, and sure enough, once again, I mean, Dylan Phillips called into action a deep crossover towards the far post. Hugel got the wrong side of the defender and and volleyed towards guy. He he really should have done better, Jordan Hugel, but 
Dylan Phillips stood up and and made the save, and that was probably uh, QPR's best chance for me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think um, there were two saves for me. One, uh, as it turned out, was offside, but he didn't know it um, shortly before that. And um, I say Hugo was pretty much um, invisible for most of the game. But he, as you as you rightly said, he peeled away just to begin the second half and uh, and hit that shot. Probably should have done better. Maybe Amy either side would have tested Dylan a lot more. You're right, but uh, Dylan still had to be there. And I was more impressed with the, the fact that after the save, he reacted so quickly to make sure he got to that second ball before anybody else did. And that, that was, for me, more important than probably the save itself uh, because it stopped uh, stopped QBR maybe capitalising on a rebound that, uh, that, could have, that they could have done otherwise. So, mm. um, but we weathered that. I think, uh, you know, and uh, I can't remember who said it before, maybe Lewis, it was Lewis or Mark, but, you know, QBR didn't seem... Uh, especially in that first half that they wanted to be there and uh, and we made the most of that the same with Hull the week before they were clearly short of confidence and, and we uh, we capitalised on that Yeah. Uh, again we could have scored a couple more I think uh, again if, um, if Lebo has been ultra critical then um, only scoring one is probably still is uh, something he wants to he wants to correct but I saw signs you know that Hemed I, I don't know if it's his injury because he clearly took a knock at the end of the first half whether or not that's going to uh, affect him going forward but he looks sharper and uh, Macaulay Bond again there was, there was a lovely turn in that first half where he left his man absolutely on his backside and gorgeous turn just shows that he's getting that sharpness back and uh, yeah I reckon by maybe not Cardiff but I reckon by Millwall he's going to get on the score sheet well obviously it won't be against Millwall because that's not how things work uh, for uh, us you say, you say <laughs> that you say that remember where you heard it first yeah <laughs> right it would be an own goal or something um, <laughs> yeah uh, I mean yeah uh, as as Tell said, Mark, the only criticism I guess is again that we didn't really take more chances. We did have one from Bond that uh, the flag went up against. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen a replay, but it did it did look pretty clear cut uh, on on first viewing that he was offside. Um, is, is that is that the only sort of downside that you can take from yesterday? Is that of, of the of the few chances we created in the second half, we didn't really uh, put one in the back of the net. Um, I'd probably be more concerned if we weren't actually creating any chances at all. I mean, Bonds had a really good shot saved. You know, Doherty's had one saved in the second half. Hamid, he, he had a chance to pull the trigger and it looked like he slipped in the first half when Bond played him in. So, we, you know, I'd be more concerned if we weren't cre- actually creating the chances. I thought McGeady was looking sharp down the um, outside. Um so I, I, I'm less concerned about that. I'd like to say I think it will come good, and I'd, I'd, you know you've got to be there to miss them. Um, but and I thought I thought even Chuck, you know, I think he, he had a couple of chances. And if, if you're not making the chances, then you then you worry. But we we are making the chances, and at the moment we're that tight at the back. One nil is actually good enough. I think the Cardiff game is going to be a slightly um, hard one for us out of the first three. Um, because they look like they're in quite good nick and Harris has them organised. So, but I'd, I'd like to say, I'm not particularly concerned about the, the missing. I'd, I'd be more concerned if we actually weren't making chances at all. Mm, excellent stuff. I, I mean, obviously, obviously the, 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 one of the differences since we've come back, Lewis, is the fact that we can make uh, more subs. And I, I, I did think we, we saw some clear signs of players tiring uh, yesterday. In particular, I mean, uh, the, the one that really stood out was was poor old Deji, you know, he's working away on that left-hand side outside of, uh, of of his normal position. But there was this one situation where he was, uh, he found himself almost on the edge of the uh, the QPR area as Charlton counters it and uh, the ball came into him. He, he made a bad, a bad decision, he didn't really attack the ball and all of a sudden QPR on a break and you can see him desperately trying to get back and we we're lucky that the, uh, the flag ended up going up 
against Hugo as he was played through. But I mean, th- th- there was a sign of a player tiring because Deji was really struggling to, to to catch up there, and unsurprisingly, was uh, was hooked almost immediately after that. Yeah, yeah, and I could, but I do think Deji can sort of hold his head up high the past couple of weeks, playing out of position. You know, he started a little bit shaky at Hull, but grew into the game. And I thought yesterday. He, uh, he handled uh, Bright Side Samuel very well in that first half. There were a few times where he maybe slightly got the better of him because he's very quick with his feet, um, Side Samuel. So to be out of his position, playing on his weaker side uh, and not really get bothered too much, I think I think he played very well. But yes, he's he, you know, he didn't play a huge amount of football before the lockdown anyway uh, because you've got you Ben Perrington on that side and... Alfie Doughty as well and then you've had Matthews you know the former Matthews keeping the right back berth there as well we've only really seen Deji come into a into a back five when required or there was a time we played like a defensive mid-roll but that's the good thing about someone like Deji Oshalaja is that he's sort of whenever he's asked to, to play wherever that position he will always go there and give his all and that yes there are going to be times where he's going to get caught out but he's still there giving it his all and that's all we can ask and I thought he played. I thought he played pretty well again yesterday. Um, I, I can't imagine he'll, he'll start on Tuesday. It's, it's quite a quick turnaround, isn't it? So I wouldn't be surprised to see to see Ben or, or Alfie start. Um, but I think I think Deji has, has played very well on that left hand side uh, in the two games, and he's done what's asked of him, and it it shows, doesn't it? You know that the sharpness is, is building, as, as Terry and Mark mentioned there, and we're looking like a good side. Uh, you know, again, we we look great in possession we look confident we like you say our maybe our only Achilles heel is that we're not putting away all these chances that we create because there are games where we find ourselves holding on to a 1-0 and that isn't enough you know you're always worried that they're going to get back into the game having that two goal cushion has always been our problem um and even harder now that we're creating all these chances and not quite sticking them away but it will come with sharpness and you know McCauley Bond looked more dangerous yesterday than he did against Hull that's coming with with the match practice and Chucks and EK when he came on yesterday I thought he brought a whole different element to that Charlton side and QPR really struggled to deal with him even when he was on his own up top at the end so I think that we've we've got so many options now and as you say having this five sub um, rule that's coming as well it gives us a, an opportunity to freshen things up uh, over those three periods that you can make the changes and it's a positive for us especially with our injury record and, the, and what's been asked of the players after such a long time off in, in such competitive football Um and I think you know. I think that we've so far. I, I think that we're, we're looking a really good little outfit, and it's come at the perfect time because, as I mentioned earlier, you know, all the sides around us are starting to to pick up a few results too. So it's important that we we've got that advantage now from the weekend before against Hull. It's, it's important we try and keep try and keep that gap there, and just we can only control our own results. We just got to keep trying to win games. Yeah, and we, and win the game. Obviously, Terry, we did. Um, it's, it's the second week in a row that we've had to deal with five minutes of added time in the at the end of the second half. But again, I, I don't maybe slightly more than last week. But I still don't feel we were under too much pressure in that time, and and we dealt reasonably comfortably with everything that QPR tried to throw at us in those closing stages. No, I agree. And uh, I said it earlier. I don't, didn't really feel overly threatened. There was a couple of scary moments we've already mentioned, but. Um, even before the five minutes of injury time, and I think uh, actually in that injury time, uh, Chuck Sneaky came into his own. He did that, uh, holding the ball in that corner, uh, superbly well. And there was one particular point there. I mean, QBR players were bouncing off him, trying to trying to get the ball back. Uh, he did that superbly, and he looked uh, he looked a threat when he came on. It even even for the whole game, if he'd have managed it, I think um, he would have probably worried 
the QBR defence a bit more than perhaps um, Bon and, and Hemet did because of his presence. Whether or not he could last that long is another issue. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I think uh, we, we, you know, for the, for the second game running, we managed the game superbly, both both at the start of the game uh, and the way we uh, we play our football and the way we press the opposition. To the uh, to the way we used our subs, uh, which I think both on both weeks was excellent. Uh, I thought yesterday with uh, uh, McGeady and uh, and Deji tiring, as, as as the guys have already said, then you know he can bring on the likes of uh, Purrington, Dakar, Doherty, and Green um, to allow us to uh, to use those wide players to get back and help the uh, the defence as and when they were needed. Mm. I mean, it, uh, it, the one thing that did strike me yesterday is as soon as uh, Andre Green came on, there was that almost immediately. QBR attack down the right hand side, and he wasn't there. And, uh, and Lee Bowie let him know <laughs> that's exactly where he should have been, uh, and he didn't do it again. He, he made sure he was there after that. So, you know, we got the players that that, that can do that. Uh, not saying that uh, necessarily we'll get the the easy ride, perhaps that we've had in the first two games. But uh, confidence is great; is a great thing. And, and taking that forward into into what will be a tough game against Cardiff is, is quite, uh, crucial. Yeah, I guess it, it might have been just a tiny bit of rustiness for Andre Green, obviously having not been involved last weekend. Um, I mean, we, we should, Mark, have, have a special mention for Adam Matthews again. I thought, once again, looks, looks uh, very good down that right-hand side, in particular that run in the second half where he seemed to pick up the ball in his own half and ran almost half the length of the field to the uh, to the byline, put a crossover that just went over the head of uh, of uh, Macaulay Bond. I mean, he, he's been he's been superb, really, since he started to get a run of, ga- uh, a run of games in the side, you know, before and after lockdown, Adam Matthews. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a joy to see. I mean, it's, it's funny because you know that opposition teams are going to try and target him with their whippets. And, you know, QPR have got some fast guys. And he holds his own and he's got the speed and he's got the skill. And, you know, he can tackle. And he, and he looks calm. And I've said this before on other shows. But one thing which I, I enjoy about having him there is the sense of calmness he, he almost brings to, to the role. And you're thinking, they're coming down that side and you're thinking, you know what, he, he's okay with it, I'm okay with it, I'm not going to start gnawing my fingernails. You know, we've had previous fallbacks on both sides where you, you worry every time, you know, the opposition get the ball. But with him, I mean, I, I think he's really... I mean, like I said, we talked about it when when we did our home pods and saying, like, players of the season, and he got such a good mention then. And he's obviously, you know, he's a... He's a proper pro knows how to keep himself fit and you know you just hope that he stays injury free because we don't really have a bundle of cover on that side so I know Deji can play there and Wadu but you know you're thinking hopefully you know if he doesn't get any knocks he's he's a solid he's, he's he's a solid name on the sheet Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a listen then to what Lee Bowyer made of uh, yesterday's win. Don't forget, later on in the show, we'll hear from uh, Darren Prattley as well. We'll also read out some of your tweets and emails. Get ready to look ahead to uh, Cardiff. We'll pay tribute to Theo Foley as well, and I'm sure Terry will have some uh, kind words to say about Theo uh, later on in the show, sadly passed away uh, this week. But let's have a listen to what Lee Bowyer said uh, after yesterday's win. He caught up with myself and Tell uh, over Zoom again. So uh, once again, it's not the greatest quality audio, but that's the, the world we live in, unfortunately, at the moment. Obviously, we're not allowed to get too close to uh, Lee Bowyer. But we asked him after the game what he made of uh, yesterday's win over QPR. I think it was very similar to last weekend, a very solid performance. Um, we limited them to chances. I think they had one good chance, um, clear-cut chance in the 90 minutes, and, and Dylan made a good save. But apart from that, I think it was a good, solid performance. And, and I think overall, on chances created, again, I would say 
that, that we created the better chances and, and deserved to win the game. Yeah, they had a lot more possession than us. Um, again, if I'm going to be critical, in possession, we wasn't as good as what we normally are. Um, we turned over the ball a bit too easy and um, we didn't take our chances again. It's uh, incredible to think about a month ago that you were always that Charlton might be relegated on a points per game basis and now you're sitting with four points clear of the drop zone as it stands. Yeah, and that's why I was not very happy with the way they was trying to do it. You know, it, it wouldn't have been right. It wouldn't have been fair. Um, I knew with nine games to go, there's there's a lot of football left. Even with seven, that seven games to go, like we're, we're not out of it yet. We, we have to focus and, and keep fighting for every point because this league can hurt you. Um, so yeah, we're, we've had a good start. We're in a good position, but we have to keep fighting to the end because the most important thing for me is that we stay in the division. And, and what they was trying to do before was points per game thing was was ridiculous. So. Um, I think we're proving that as it stands today, but still a long way to go. We spoke last week about how important it was that you can get a good bit of momentum built up at the start of this this, this nine-game burst towards the end of it. Um, so obviously the, the, the two results back to back would sort of set you in good stead for the for the rest of the campaign. Now I guess the the confidence within the dressing room must be very good now. Yeah, yeah, but it was good. Like even when we came back, you know. Um, it was good because we all know where we stand. We know what we have to do to stay in the division. So the, the, the team spirit has is, is always been high. Um, but now, like, like obviously, last week's result helped. Um, this one will give them another lift. And, and, and it's my job to keep their feet on the ground and, and let them know, like, look, we ain't safe yet. Um, we have to keep pushing and... and and keep fighting for every point because every point is definitely valuable in this league. You never know what's going to happen. And another goal from a set piece, this time from Darren Prattley, who's been so dependable uh, for you in his, in his time here at the Valley. Um, Jason Pearce was telling us last week that, that Jacko had pointed out how important set pieces can be uh, since the restart. Did you, was that something you've been working on a lot? I mean, Charlton have actually scored a fair, a fair few goals from set pieces this season, but it's something you've sort of targeted uh, during during the time off, yeah, um, Jacko works hard on set pieces. You know, uh, obviously we look at other teams and and how they set up. I had a conversation with Jacko the other evening and said, "Look, Jacko, there's something you could work on here, work on there." And Jacko had a look, and I said, "Look, these are three things, different ways that, that we, we can hurt you. You fiddle around with it, and whatever you think's best, and you you go with that." and and Jacko's worked on him hard yesterday and, and, and it's paid off again. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good. Set pieces are very big in the game. Um, so, yeah, we, we work hard at them. Jacko more so. Um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I don't care how we get the three points as long as we get them. Nice, of course, to be back at the Valley as well. Um, obviously, one one clear difference from last week was the fact that Charlton were playing crowd noise uh, today. I mean, is that is that something that you you decided something you wanted? I know you mentioned last week about the if you wanted to shout some instructions on this possible, the manager next door would hear you. Is that is that part of that? Yeah, yeah, that was that was part of it. Plus, I think our fans, the songs, like it, it definitely gets our players going at home. 
um, it helped. So yeah, I wanted, I wanted to have that, but um, it was important. Obviously, I don't want the other bench hearing what try, instructions we're trying to put out as well. So it's trying to find that fine balance. But I think the players, I don't think they wanted it too loud. So then they can't help hear each other shouting to each other, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's something that we, we tampered with. But yeah, I, I wanted to, to have the music from, from the fans because I think they, uh, even though they're not here, they, they, they can still play a part and help. Obviously, it's quite a quick turnaround to Tuesday now. You, you kept the same starting eleven from last week. Did you think with this this, this shorter time between the games, you, you, you're going to think to start to try and utilise a bit more of your squad? It's, it's, it's difficult when when you win two games back to back to then make changes. But I know the physicality, what the players have just put put in there, it's hard. You know, it's hard, and and I have to be careful. I have to look at the bigger picture and and. Uh, Squad-wise, I have to look after people. People are going to be tired tomorrow, Monday. They'll be even probably more tired Monday than they will tomorrow. So uh, yeah, I have to look after look after them the best I can, and, and then we'll uh, I'll, I'll see what what's best for for Tuesday come come Tuesday. Right, and just finally, for me, obviously we saw the new deals for for Albie and for Josh yesterday, which I'm sure a lot of the Trump fans will be pleased with. Are there even a position to start offering any other players deals at the moment? Are you negotiating with other players? Obviously, there's a lot still undecided in terms of what division Tottenham will be in next season, and uh, obviously the ownership situation as well. But are you in a position to, to start to talk to the likes of Johnny Williams, who's obviously coming to to an end of the contract now? Uh, um, yeah, we're trying to speak to players, but as you know, it's been difficult financially. Um, and I think every, well, most clubs up and down the country will be in the same position because our club has been stretched and, and so will a lot of others. So I think um, doing the two young lads is is good business for the club. Um but the most important thing, I'm not even thinking about signing players and players coming and going. I'm just thinking three points match day. That's all I think now. My focus, that this game's done. Yes, I'm happy. But my focus now will be on, on, on Cardiff from the minute I, I get home. So uh, I won't be thinking about players. No, that's that's not the priority for me at the moment. So, hey. Hi, Lee. Congratulations, of course. Uh, on today, and although Louis asked most of the questions, one uh, uh, one you must one thing you must be really happy with is is another clean sheet. I mean, in games which, although they might have been less tight, if we'd have converted chances, uh, they have been tight. So keeping the clean sheets obviously imperative. Yeah, that's that's a good foundation to to work from. Um, like I said last week, we, we worked really hard. We had two weeks of contact training before the first game. Um, to, to work hard on on a new shape, um, the players have worked really hard at it, you know, and 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 that's a staff effort as well. And but it's okay doing it on a training pitch. It's, it's whether you're prepared to put in the, the the hard work on the pitch. And again, today you see how how hard everybody worked. Um, so yeah, it's 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 nice to see. Nice to see that. We've had to change things, and, and as it stands today, the last two games, it's, it's, it's working, you know. So, um, clean sheets are something to build on, and 
you've always got a chance. If you keep a clean sheet, you're leaving with at least a point and, and there's always going to be a chance because we do create chances that, that you've got more chance of getting through. Uh, and again, the five subs that, that you used today all came on and, and played their part and did a bit. Chuck's keeping the ball up and, and doing what he does really well. Uh, but even Alfie Doty on this left-hand side uh, and then on the right causing them problems. Uh, again, with Hull, uh, you must be delighted the impact the five subs make. Yeah, Ben and come off the bench. Again, solid defensively, um, playing against good wingers. You know, top wingers they're playing against today. Um, but Chuck's very good. Um, should have scored. I'm going to be ultra-critical, should score. He's gone through 1v1 one, one one with a keeper. But he, he makes things out of nothing, you know, at times. And he's just something a bit different to the other strikers that we've got. And he's a handful. Like, he's a handful. And uh, Alfie, great. His pace, his pace gets him into positions that probably surprises himself at times. And um, he's, he's working hard on his final ball. And, and today he put some great balls in. So, um, Again, another young lad that's come through the ranks, just just improving, which is which is good for the club. And finally, for me, the talk about this, uh, the, the the back four, but the centre half bearing of uh, of Simon Jace uh, really seems to have clicked uh, in the sense of comeback. You um, you try and have a quiet word with uh, with Jason's uh, wife just to make sure the timing of the verse fits well with the fixtures. Unfortunately, I'm not. That's out of my control. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're they're playing well together. Um, two good solid men you know that, that put their body on the line and, and you need that as a centre half and um, so yeah hopefully it won't be when we're away at Cardiff and hopefully we don't miss him for a game because he's um, he's definitely standing up as a captain and, and being a leader and, and we definitely need that Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! Yes! Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. John has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Get in. Come on. What a time to be here on Wembley. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. We just heard there from the Addicts boss, Lee Bowyer, after yesterday's fine 
uh, 1-0 win over Queen's Park Rangers. Unsurprisingly, uh, Lewis, he, he, he's happy again. He's, he said he felt like it was a, a reasonably similar performance to last week. Um, I mean, it's notable. It was always going to be a question mark over how different teams are going to come back from the lockdown period because, you know, we said that form will go out of the window. Uh, for many teams, injuries have cleared up, and that's certainly the case with us. Um but you know, when when you when you've had so long away from your players, and then you only only got this two three weeks to turn them around, uh, you know, you you really have to be on top of your motivation as well as your your tactical stuff. And and Lee's clearly uh, he's he's hit the ground running in terms of getting his his side uh, coming back and playing after the restart. Yeah, he has, and you know we've we've mentioned before about going back to the Lyle Taylor thing. You know, he wanted to find out early doors when the football was resuming what players were going to stay and fight. And I thought that was a very important move that we sort of not weeded out problems, but knew the squad that we had going into this fight and that we could work with what we were going to have available to us. We've done that. And we've we've obviously worked hard on the training ground. And as we've said many a time, there is no better motivator, in my opinion, managerial-wise, in the division than Lee Bowyer. He demands 100% week in, week out. And we as supporters can very can very rarely say that our players don't give 100% week in, week out. There are so many times we walk out of the valley or, or in a way they were, we've given 100%. We might have lost by the odd, you know, by one goal or whatever. But we always come out thinking well, the boys play really well a lot of the time. I think it's very rare that we can't say that. So that, that's been key coming into this because it is, you know, it's nine games to determine the season. I think Nath mentioned it on Thursday that the the period we're in now is almost like that sort of honeymoon stage you get at the start of the season where someone like us might be top of the league or something and we're thinking, oh, blimey, and you start getting maybe false hope. Uh, and it's you know, And then the season starts to sort of settle down and you see where you are at Christmas. This is that kind of form, but there's only nine games. So anything can happen, really. And we had to make sure we're coming back off this break that we were ready for that and that we came back hitting the ground running. Um, the whole game was a huge start because of where they are in the division and around us. It was important to, to bridge that gap, which we did. And then the QPR game, we had to make the most of their stance on the on the return of the season, the fact they didn't really want it and also the fact that they haven't got a huge amount to play for. So their motivation will not be the same as us because we know that we're sort of fighting for our lives now to stay in this division. Um, and that's probably played in our favour. And uh, But you can see that with the other clubs as well. So it's important that we keep that going. We keep pushing and we keep fighting in every single game. There are going to be some tough games around the corner. There's going to be plenty of twists and turns between now and the 22nd of July when we play Leeds. But we're going to have to you know, keep focused and give our all every week. And I, I truly believe that the squad yesterday and Saturday as well both showed huge examples of fight, grit, determination and a real drive to keep this team in the division. And I don't think it's a We can ask for much more than that. Mm, excellent stuff. Now, as, as we heard there from, from Lee Bowie, obviously Terry, yesterday was our first home game uh, under the new regulations, the behind-closed-door uh, regulations. Um, and uh, one I was saying to, to buy one noticeable difference from last week, of course, is the fact that he asked for the crowd noise to be to be pumped in. Um, I mean, you were there. What, what did you make of it? Because I'm fairly confident that a, about 30 seconds after we scored, someone finally pressed the button that said goal because we heard, I heard some louder cheering a solid 30 seconds after we scored. Did I imagine that or did you hear that as well? 
I, I didn't think Honda are going to but it doesn't surprise me in the least, to be honest. It, it's always it's always likely when you've got piped-in noise and you're relying on somebody to press a button to uh, to do a celebration or a goal celebration, that, um, especially if they're a fan, you get so wrapped up in... in uh, in watching and, and what you're doing, that uh, oh, I've got to press a button now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't mind it in the end. It didn't bother me. I mean, we couldn't obviously with the earphones in and the uh, and the mic. You don't tend to pick up too much, um, and and it's no replacement, obviously, for for a live crowd. But uh, I'm not so sure with Lee whether or not um, the that pipe noise because it wasn't that loud. I, I still think um, the. Uh, uh, the, the opposition bench would have been able to hear what he was saying, regardless of that. Uh, that noise. But what it might have done is might have helped the the players just feel less, um, you know, less of an eerie atmosphere at home. Because you know, I'd, I'd spoken to him before, and he and uh, most people have said no, it shouldn't have anything to do with it. But you know, when you're considering the first round of, of matches, only uh, only two home sides won in the first round of league uh, championship fixtures, and, and that's re- uh, reciprocated in the Premier League, I think, and certainly in the Bundesliga by all accounts. So. I'm wondering if uh, if it was just a way of perhaps negating that uh, potential for the for the home side to freeze a little bit because they're not playing in an atmosphere they're used to. Mm, yeah, and obviously, obviously, the the, the other f- strange thing that happened yesterday, Mark, was the fact that uh, Cholton that you would have noticed on the stream when when it was time to come out of the tunnel, they didn't come out of the tunnel. They came down the steps uh, in the West End. I mean, the, their dressing room was in the. Millennium Lounge. Though I did have a think after, like, where, where did they shower? Because there's no showers there, so I don't know if they were told they had to shower when when they got home. But all these all these new protocols that you have have to deal with. I mean, it, it it could potentially be slightly unsettling, I guess. But it seems that the players were reasonably comfortable in their surroundings yesterday. Yeah, true. I mean, speaking of it, I'd, I'd have preferred it if your waiting came down those steps because it's quite steep in the West Stand. <laughs> you're coming down in studs. You know, the last thing you want is sort of like Nabby coming down and taking everyone with him. Um, no, it was unusual, and you know, I, I didn't really wonder about their showering habits. But uh, no, it, it was it was it was an interesting thing to see, and so the atmosphere over the stream sounded. Good, shall I say. I mean, obviously, you're missing the sort of like the reaction to a certain tackle, you know, a certain friendly tackle. I think would have done a collective ooh from the crowd. Um, but no, I, th- I thought it was handled well. What I, what I quite, what made me smile was the fact we had the stadium announcer, Brian, was there. Hmm. And I thought, well, that was quite good. So, you know, that made it a bit more normal, shall we say. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, see Brian there. He, the only the only difference for Brian was he had to sit up with us in the uh, in in the uh, in the press zone, which was a uh, a bit unusual. So let's have a look at that that league table then, Lewis. So um, ye- yesterday's victory it was sort of soured by the fact that about about half an hour later, well, while we were interviewing Darren Prattley, it flashed up that whole city had gone two 0 up uh, away at Birmingham. Obviously, pegged back to three three. Uh, by the end of it, but um, Huddersfield beaten today, 3-1 in the end, and they never should have got that one because it's a very dodgy penalty right at the end uh, away at Forest. So we sit three points above Huddersfield, who are currently in 22nd at the, the top of the uh, relegation zone. Um, you know, Hull, Stoke and Middlesbrough all below us. Hull still on 42 points. Stoke on 43 after getting beaten at home by Middlesbrough yesterday on 44, who, of course, have brought in Neil Warnock, who, who uh, no matter what you think about him, tends to be quite successful. So, um, you know, uh, uh, we're all flying after picking up a, a couple of results, but we're seeing those teams around us uh, doing the same. That No one, even as we, we were saying last week, we expect Hull to sort of 
fall away now. They didn't look like they were up for it, but they've made us look very silly almost immediately with a, a strong performance away at Birmingham. So, I mean, no one's going to lay down and die in this in this battle. Even Luton uh, picked up a win at Swansea and Barnsley got a point at home against Millwall yesterday. So it's, it's still all to play for. You can't get carried away off the back of two 1-0 wins. No, definitely not. We've got to keep our wits about us because, as you say, everyone around us really in the table is has done the same thing. And it's like I mentioned with the form. With the, most of those sides are struggling before the lockdown, but coming back is is a completely different story because there are so many teams sort of in the middle of the table that you'll come up against that probably don't have a huge amount to play for, so their motivation isn't there. There'll be people that are pushing for playoff spots that that will be a, a tough game. You know, the Cardiff, for example, um, and we've just got to make sure that we try and win the games in front of us because it is going to be tough. The, the sides down there, I mean, you you look at some of the, the sort of the size of those teams, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Hull, Huddersfield have all been in the Premier League in recent years. They're all down there. You know, Luton and Barnsley come up with us. They're, they're both down there a little bit further adrift, but Luton got a result yesterday. They've had Nathan Jones back in, so there's, there might be a slight new manager bounce there. You, as you mentioned, Neil Warnock is very good at getting sides out of trouble. But we can only control what we do, you know, and we've just got to make sure that we're where keep getting the results we can to keep us ahead. One of the it's, it's at the point now where you look for any kind of uh, disadvantage for the people below you. Like Huddersfield today, I was in, I was ecstatic that Janino Bakuna got sent off because I'm thinking, well, it's a straight red. He, they're missing him for three games. He was a bit of a handful against us, so that'll weaken them. You're, you're looking around to see how how other people can be weakened in this period and. We like I say, you have to try and not rely on what other people do because all we can do is control what we do, and that's by turning up, giving our all each week, and trying to trying to win as many games as possible. Excellent stuff. Well, let's have a look at some of the emails that have come in for now. We'll have some tweets that we'll say for later on in the show after we hear from Darren Prattley. But Steve McLennan uh, emailed in earlier on this afternoon. Uh, I thought we were excellent yesterday. However, we do need to convert some more of our chances. We don't have much possession, but we are now looking structured and determined in our defence. And when we get the ball, our attacking play is slick and incisive. We just need to score more than one per game to give us some relief. Performance-wise, Cullen uh, was excellent, as I've come to expect. But Morgan was also superb. Man of the match was Matthews. Eze uh, rarely troubled him. And his surges forward were a real strength. Give this man a new contract ASAP. Uh, and what a cameo that was from Chucks. Uh, surely he starts over Hemed on Tuesday. Confidence and momentum increased. I'd happily take a nil-nil with Cardiff. Uh, tough games coming up, so let's get through the next three with confidence intact, ready for the more winnable games against Wigan, uh, Reading and Birmingham. That's from Steve McLennan. Oh, interesting point there, Tell. Do you think I mean, do you think Chucks has got a chance to start ahead of Tomer Hemed on, on Tuesday evening? I, I did ask Bo, as we heard in the interview there, about whether it's time to start chopping and changing. He said, well, it is hard to do that when you've won two games in a row. Yeah, I tend to agree with him. But um, it is a decision he's got to make. I think the decision might be made for him because it did look like um, Tommy Hemmett was struggling a little bit with the knock that he took in that first half. And so uh, it, it was quite quickly into that second half when he got when he got taken off. So the the decision might be made for him. But um, I, I think they're probably still worried a little bit about um, Chuck's fitness going through a whole 90 minutes. Uh, but... Um, I, I think he was worth a shout, no problem at all. You can you can start him and then, if necessary, bring him off. But um, and then if Hemed's just struggling a little bit, just try and use him for the last uh, last twenty minutes or so. But I, I don't think um, I think he's shown certainly in yesterday that 
and to a lesser extent in the whole game, that he's quite capable of, of coming in and doing a job. Different players, though. So, you know, whether or not... It, it's all about partnerships. Whether or not uh, uh, Macaulay Bonk can, can work as a, in a partnership with uh, with Chucks is, is another question, but we'll only find out if, uh, when, when it happens, of course. Yeah, Excellent stuff. Right, Colin Riggs emailed in. Let's hope that Steve Gallen can work some more magic and persuade Adam Matthews to stay at Charlton for another year. He was brilliant again yesterday and is giving old father time-defying Prattley real competition for Player of the Season Award. Of course, the real class comes from Cullen. Why is it that West Ham can't see what a player he is? Anything at Cardiff would be a bonus but hasn't Boya given us a real chance of staying up now? Lyle who? <laughs> That's from Tring Addict Colling. Uh, thanks for your email. Right, let's have a listen to Old Father Time then, as uh, Colin called him. Uh, Darren Prattley uh, joined us over Zoom yesterday. Not Terry, because uh, our very own Old Father Time can't work technology, unfortunately. Uh, but he joined me after the game on Zoom, uh, and this is what Darren made of the 1-0 victory over QPR. Yeah, obviously delighted um, to get the three points. Another clean sheet for the boys. Um Dill made a brilliant save again at the end. Um, and yeah, uh, it's another three points in the bank that uh, can get us um, out of this relegation uh, battle. What, what did you make of the uh, the performance overall? I mean, Lee said he felt it was a, a similar game to, to last week. You know, we, we defended well. Uh, was that how you saw it? Yeah, I thought we defended well. We've changed our shape a little bit, played a 4-4-2. And I think the two boys up front uh, have been brilliant for us. And and obviously the subs coming on as well have made a massive difference. Uh, everyone's fit at the moment. Everyone's hungry, wanting to play the game. So um, everyone's come back with a grip between the teeth. So yeah, it was another um, dogged performance where we managed to win uh, with a set piece. But uh, to be honest, I'm not really bothered about uh, how well we play. There's no point playing well and then you don't get the points. I think the main thing is the points. So uh, however well we play, I think points is the main thing when we stand the league. And also, you were the one who popped up with the, the winning goal. Um, I thought it was reasonably similar to the one you scored against Hulls and you sort of floated in towards the, the far side of the penalty area. Is that something you'd sort of been working on? Because I think the, the first corner from Josh Cullen seems to be going over that way as well and, and just over your head. So it looked like something you had planned. Yeah, we worked on it all week, to be fair. Um, we know in, in a lot of the games, uh, set pieces have been the ones that have, uh, the goals that have won the game. So we knew that was a bigger. Uh, a big thing, a big factor for us to go and um, go and get the points. So we looked at QPR this week and um, we worked out how they defend. And um, obviously, you've got to get the delivery right and the runs right. And we managed to do that. It was a good boy, a uh, good ball by Cullen, and I managed to get on the end of it. I think if I didn't get on it, maybe uh, Tom Lockyer would have. So uh, fair play to Johnny Jackson and um, Marshall. We do the set pieces, and uh, we've got two clean, two clean sheets and two goals from it. Mm. Uh, QPR certainly came out in, in the second half to, to look to put us under a lot of pressure um, and enjoyed, enjoyed enjoyed some possession in that second period. But again, I think I mean Lee, Lee said we only really had that that one clear cut chance right at the start of the second half. Did you do you feel as a as a defensive unit and obviously you guys in the midfield will help up would be helping out that you stood up to them well today? Yeah, like I said, I think it starts from the front uh, with uh, Maka and uh, Toma. Uh, they set the tone for us. They've done so well. They worked so hard for us. But um, yeah, QPR are going to have chances. They're a good team. Um, they've got good players that can hurt you. Eze and a few of the other boys, uh, quick um, and, and like I said, can hurt you. So they're going to have a few chances. And then luckily, like I said earlier on Sky, I think we've probably got, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the championship. So he come in there, um, he had nothing all game and then he comes and makes a save like that. So uh, credit to Dylan um, to keep focus and uh, well, 
keep the keep the ball at the net and get us the points. Obviously, important to keep our feet on the ground, despite the fact we got the two the two back to back wins here. I mean, we were all just bemoaning just before you came on that at time of recording, Hull just on tuning up at Birmingham. It shows us there's, there's not going to be a single team in this in this fight that's going to give up easily, and it's, it's almost certainly going to go the distance. So you, you guys know you must must know you're in for a head of a battle between now and the end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, we're in a relegation battle, so it's going to be. It's going to be twists and turns, uh, ups and downs. Um, it's not going to be plain sailing. Um, we know that. So um, we're in a mini league, if you like. And if we win more games than the others now, between now and the, the next seven, then we stay in the league, and that's our main aim. So um, we've got to just take care of ourselves and try and get as many points as we can, and not worry about the others. Um, if we keep winning and grinding out results, then uh, we'll be happy with that. And how are you finding, I mean, obviously, we, we, we've only played one Saturday to Saturday so far, but it's going to be quite intense uh, going into it. I mean, I, I, know, I know you're a, uh, a very uh, fit player, mm. um, but it's, it's going to, it's, I imagine there'll be a lot of, um, sort of chopping and changing and squad rotation now as we go into this, this crazy last few weeks. Yeah, I think so, because, um, like I said, everyone's come back fit, uh, wanting to play. Uh, we've got a good squad and we've got players that are probably unlucky not to start. So... You've got to use your squad, especially when there's games coming up Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. You know, there's a lot of games. And um, yeah, like I said, with the boys that have come on, uh, they've come on and helped us. So it's not as if they're um, making us any weaker. Um, the boys are waiting. There's even boys that are not in the squad today. Lapo, um, Aussie, Jake um, and Smudger is coming back from a little knock. Um, so they've got players that uh, can come in and whoever the manager wants to pick can uh, put out a good side. So we're all in it together. Um, whoever plays, we want them to do well and win and uh, carry on um, yeah, carry on the positivity around the place. Yeah, and just finally from me then, you mentioned obviously that the whole team are in it together. There is still a lot of uncertainty around the club in terms of, I mean, hopefully what division we'll be playing in next year, but also obviously the ownership situation. There's a lot of players who'll be going out of contract. Um, so I guess to, to try and keep that unity is going to be important for Lee Bayer because there are a lot of people who quite simply won't know if they're going to be here next year, I guess. Yeah, but you're fine for your future. So whether you're going to be here or not, you want to play as well as you can. So um, if you're not going to be here, other clubs are looking at you and you can prove that you can play in the championship. That's the way football is. So you're always in the shop window. Um, like you said, we want, to, we want to stay in the league. We worked our socks off last year to get in, uh, into this league. And we want to stay in it because um, it's not it's not easy to get into it. If you go down, it's not as if we can bounce straight back up. That won't be the case. Um, we're in and out at the moment. We give ourselves a good uh, a good uh, couple of wins to try and stay in the league, and hopefully we can carry that on. Swing this ball in again, looking towards the far post. So the header. So come on, Maddie Shaw at the back post. And Charlton have their second. Just a little thin corner to the back post. Bruce totally misjudged it, and Naby Shaw had an open goal.
welcome back to Charlton Live. Good to hear there from uh, Darren Prattley. Um, still got it, hasn't he, Mark, even at, uh, at 35? Um, you, you could hear in the interview, I was trying to think of any other word other than fit to describe him because I meant like athletic and, you know, he's got a good engine on him, but there's no way I can sound fit without sounding like I'm coming on to him. But I did say, Darren, you're very fit. Uh, and, and he does prove that with his performances. Well, I hope the two of you are going to be very happy together. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, he, he's got an incredible engine. Um, he, and he's, he's, he's more mobile than I think people actually give him credit for. And, you know, he, he's quite good at snaking out a leg and he gets the ball nine out of ten times, an ankle in the last time. You know, he gets up, walks away from it, you know, occasionally gets the odd card. Um, but no, he's, he's been, I think he's proved a lot of people wrong because I think a lot of people were, were not Prattley fans. They, they couldn't see what he offers. And I think he's really been one of those players. But the more he's come in, the more we've gone, you know what? We're a way better side with him in it. And we missed it, missed him when he was out after his suspension um, for collecting so many cards. And no, he's, he's a joy to have in that building. I mean, it's good for Bowyer because he, he, he's obviously someone he trusts. You know, and I think the I think the easy thing to be yes, I mean Terry on the commentary said he was surprised that practically hadn't gone off on one of the subs um, because they thought you know after the tackle he's going to be hooked here. But Bowie obviously said you know I trust him. We've got don't do anything stupid. Get the message out to him and say look, you just sit there and do what you've been doing. Just think about it a bit more. You know, and we end up with 11 on the pitch because I think he would be a miss. Okay, you've got field, you can come in, but you know, can't do 90 minutes at the moment. So he's one of those players alongside Cullen, and I agree with this. You wonder what West Ham don't see in him because I'm thinking I've watched West Ham's games uh, since they've come back, and he, he would actually shine in that midfield. And you think, so, I just don't get it. You know, this is fascination with having some Colombian under-23 international play for you where you've got a diamond like Josh Cullen, you know, and it's strange. And I think he's he's benefited playing alongside Prattley because, you know, they obviously work well together. And you, you see it in one... I don't know what the stats are for the games when we've had those two in the midfield, but I should imagine we've probably got many more wins when we've had them two than we haven't had them. So... Mm, yeah, I imagine so. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets that came in uh, after yesterday's win. Uh, Man in Pants says, uh, three noteworthy P's of the week, pandemic, protest and Prattley. Uh, yeah, Prattley, definitely my favourite out of those three, I think. <laughs> Cassidy, uh, another solid performance, uh, well organised at the back and looked to fret going forward. I feel like Hemed will finally get that elusive first goal soon. Uh, as I said before, Dylan could be the difference uh, and point proved after he made another vital save to hand us the win. Well, we heard there uh, from Darren Prattley, Lewis. I mean, he, Pratt said that he thinks that Dylan is the best goalkeeper in the championship. I mean... Do you think he's got a point there? I, I certainly rate Dylan very highly. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I, I remember um, earlier on, uh, just before the lockdown, I had to do a, uh, a team of the season for uh, for the West Brom uh, journalists, and I picked Dylan Phillips for my my goalkeeper because I, I can't name a better shot stopper in the division. We we all know that maybe some of his kicking is not always there, but it's improving a hundred percent, and I think that. In, in terms of shot stopping and, and some of the saves he's made and the step up he's made after the knockbacks he's had from 
sort of being given the number one jersey and then having keepers brought in over the top of him. You know, Jed Steer last season, uh, Amos the season before, and uh, and when Maxwell came in, he held his own and he kept that place and he made the number one jersey his own. And ever since then, he's probably the first name on the team sheet week after week because he, he's passionate as well. You know, he, he sort of, he cares massively about the football club. He's been here a long time. He's, he's come through our academy and performed and it's so good to see him finally getting the the opportunities. And I think uh, Andy Marshall has done a, an incredible job with Dylan Phillips in maturing him as a goalkeeper. And I would 100% agree with Darren Prattley. I think that there, I, I would struggle to name a keeper in our division that I would pick in our side over Dylan Phillips 100%. Lovely stuff. Right, Dara says uh, Tom Ahmed worked his balls off yesterday. What a player. Uh, oh, last thing we need there, another injury. Uh, Rusty <laughs> says, fantastic three points. Forget the monstrosity off the pitch. These lads want to play for the shirt. Uh, they're a fine example to many youngsters on not giving up. Two massive wins, fans or no fans, we deserve to stay up. Boya, JJ, with all the rubbish they've had to deal with, uh, deserve medals. Uh, Johnny Jackson ran past my house, actually, earlier. That was really weird. I was just looking out the window and there was Johnny Jackson doing his... Uh, well, I don't know if he's still his marathon training, but he was certainly uh, jogging and, uh, yeah, went past my house, which was nice. Uh, Vital Charlton says, another hard-working performance. Exactly what us Charlton fans love to see. We just start, uh, just need to start taking chances more. Philip saved us uh, from paying uh, the price a couple of times, but well done to the lads for holding on. Dan says, great to see the lads really pull together, playing for each other as a team. Wish we could have been a bit more clinical up top as our next two games are going to be tough and we need to take our chances. Nevertheless, it's three points in the bag. Josh Williams says, a big performance from the boys yesterday. Defended well, didn't give QPR too many opportunities. Standout performers are Cullen Prattley as usual, but Matthews is an unsung hero. Very strong game again uh, from him uh, yesterday. And then let's, we've got a question here from Dom, so I'll bring Terry back in. Dom, who is better in your uh in in you guys view so i guess this this would be a pertinent question to ask you as well because you're old enough to have seen them both so uh prime pele back in the day or current darren prattley because obviously i never really saw pele back in the day so i obviously i'm assuming that prattley's better but i never actually saw pele to to make that assumption fact who, who do you think I think um, if <laughs> if you were to put Pele, uh, I'm, I'm sure we're talking about the Brazilian Pele, uh, Pele in the, in the Charlton side, uh, I think he'd struggle. So I think Darren Prattley in a Charlton team is, is clearly better than, than Pele. Uh, Prattley in the Brazilian side, maybe not, not so much. <laughs> I guess Pele never had any trouble staying up though, didn't he? So I guess that's one there. Well, that's true. And I, and I would have to say, I, I would say Darren Prattley is miles fitter than Pele. Yeah, well, that's, as I told him to his face yesterday. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right, um, before we, we start to look ahead then uh, to the Cardiff game, and Terry, while, while we've got you here, I thought I thought um, we ought to uh, speak about Theo Foley, uh, former player and manager at the Valley, who sadly passed away this week. And uh, part of the minutes applause we had uh, before the game yesterday, that was, of course, for, for Sebo as well and for everyone else uh, lost during the pandemic, was was for Theo. Um you know, still hung around over the course of the of the last few years. He'd been in and around uh, the, the the club, and uh, a very popular figure, Terry. Yeah, and for for good reason as well. I mean, it's it's strange. I remember there been a, um, a I can't, I'm pretty sure it might have been on the Charlton Life Forum, but there was a, there was a thing about Charlton's worst managers or Charlton's best managers uh, as well, and and a lot of people. <laughs> it was quite strange. Theo appeared quite a lot in both lists, uh, and. 
I, Theo was 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 somebody I, I I really thought was was quality, and but maybe not so much as a manager. He came in as assistant to uh, to Eddie Fermani in the late sixties. I think um, certainly he was there for the for the sixty nine seventy season, and uh, uh, and you know we we were we were struggling at that point uh, at the end of that uh, decade. I think um, as assistant we were third from bottom in the second division, so we just escaped relegation. And so the, the the club got rid of Eddie Fermani and brought in Theo as a, as a full-time manager. I'm pretty sure we did exactly the same thing for two seasons running. And then the, the, finally in 1971-72, we got relegated. So um, his first two or three seasons were nothing to write home about, you know, in that four-year period he had as a, as a manager. They weren't, uh, you know, we didn't exactly pull up trees. We got relegated to the to the third division, as was then, as you know, it's, the, it's League One now, of course. But... Um, and so you could see probably from a from a number crunching point of view and from purely you know, where we finished up in the league because I think even in the third, uh, that third division we were mid-table two seasons running. Um, it, it didn't look great. But that final season, that 73-74 uh, that season, which, which pretty much was, was Theo's last, um, you know, he signed some players in that season that, that um, and possibly the back end of the season before. That most most fans of a certain age, for sure, but even fans now would think, "Wow!" Um, and it paved the way for the team that then finally got promoted with Andy Nelson in seventy four, seventy five. So, from back into the what was the championship uh, division two, um, and I'll read a few names out. You know, and some some might not. Uh, you know, fans might think, "Well, yeah, okay, they were sharp players, but they were, didn't pull up trees." But you know, there were players that we uh, we thought were good players at the time. You know, the likes of Dave Shipley. Arthur Horsfield, Ray Tunbridge, uh, Eamon Dunphy, Lesso, maybe Graham Tuck, Richie Bowman, Mark Penfold. But then you go to the final three that I'm going to mention, and, and I'm sure most fans will think, well, uh, you know, wow, and these were down to Theo. Um, and that's Colin Powell, Mike Flanagan, and Derek Howes. That's not, you know, a, bad, he, he not a bad hit list, there, is it? He had an eye for a player, Theo, and I think maybe um, uh, very similar to, you know, to, to quite a few uh, coaches who can spot players. Not necessarily good managers. Um, but the two things that, that, that stick with me with CO one is obviously his ability to spot a player and his coaching um, but secondly um, what just what a lovely bloke he was and he was and he, and he, he would talk for ages about football and I was lucky enough to, to, to talk to him on a few occasions but the one that sticks out for me was um, when I um, sponsored a game um, back in uh, well it's going back now probably ooh, let me think um, 15 years ago so ago um, it was uh, just after we got relegated from the Premier League and uh, Dad had passed away and so I sponsored the game against Blackpool um, that season and uh, Theo was uh, I had no idea why by the way well, Theo was always around the ground we knew that but um, we were just uh, going and walking around the pitch as part of the pre, pre-match tour as it were uh, and Theo was down there and uh, he just asked us why we were here because there was a, a decent number so he was a bit curious as to why there were so many people on the pitch so um, we happened to mention it, and we also happened to mention that the dad was from uh, uh, from Ireland, uh, from Cavan, and, and we and he just spent ages talking to my family, not just me, but the whole lot, uh, and uh, was so warm and, uh, and 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 just gave time for everybody. He was a lovely fella, and, and subsequently um, spoke to him at, at length. He was a home farm boy, and, and of course, uh, home farm from Dublin has produced some real talent over the years. Um, Mark Kinsella being the most notable for us, I guess. 
uh, but then also, you know, it's also the birthplace of quite a few Ireland football legends. So uh, he, he was good footballing stock as well as being just a, a lovely man and, uh, and fondly remembered. Yeah, Theo Foley there will be sorely, uh, sorely missed. Uh, right, we'll have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we'll uh, discuss who was there at the Valley yesterday and then look ahead to the trip to Cardiff. as Kyle has the ball, Bond over to the left-hand side, Kyle finds him, and Bentley's coming out of his goal, and Bond's got past him, Bond with the charge, yeah! Bond with the goal, oh, what a goal, end-to-end stuff here at Ashton Gate, and McCauley Bond gets another goal, Bentley for whatever reason came out of his goal, Bond gets there first, and with a tiny left-footed finish, and end-to-end stuff, but John have the lead. <laughs> Right, so welcome back uh, to the last section of uh, this week's Charlton Live podcast. We've looked back at the 1-0 win over QPR at the Valley uh, yesterday. Um, there were some faces spotted uh, yesterday. Um, un- unusual that the directors and their guests were sitting sort of behind us in the, in the West Upper because of the way the Valley was uh, sort of split into distinct zones to stop people mixing with the players and, and risking passing on the virus. Anyone... Uh, who was in the media zone? We we sort of uh, we, we were sat in our normal seats, but the director zone because the players were using the lounges as a uh, dressing room. They they were up behind us in the in the upper west, and we we couldn't mix with them, but they were near us. So anyway, um, saw of course Paul Elliott, the new owner, coming in uh, alongside Chris Farnell, who does. I mean, everyone tweeted me when I put a picture up. He does look a lot like Alan Partridge, uh, which was entertaining. Uh, but a new face turned up yesterday, Mohammed El Kashashi. Um, was uh, spotted. So we, we saw him there uh, and after some uh, Google image searching, we decided, yeah, that's definitely him. So um, we don't know too much about him, Mark. Uh, he was linked. He was reported by Sports Mail, I think, uh, that he played a key role in advising Paul Elliott uh, on his acquisition uh, of, of the club after after it became apparent that a disgruntled Nimmer had, uh, Tanu Nimmer had little uh, desire to put any more money into the club. So, you know, another sort of uh, unknown quantity arrives at the Valley and all of a sudden tongues are wagging again. You, you, you never know what to make with all these people. And when, when, when all these randoms turn up, everyone is always uh, very suspicious, I guess, is probably probably a fair way of putting it. Yeah, I think we're a lot more cautious now. I mean, we, we've we've had our fingers, arms, elbows, and shoulders burnt in the last, you know, however long it's been. It just seems like decades. <laughs> um, so when another face turns up, and you're just like, really, it's it's it's, it's hard to know, you know, where where to go with any kind of kind of question um, because it's. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I don't think anything's going to happen until we find out what division we're in next season. I think that's that's a waiting game being played. I think if we're in the championship, I think it'll happen very quickly. Someone will come forward and say, yeah, this is is who I am. This is the money I can be put in. I think if we do end up going down, I think 
people will disappear. The EFL will hammer us with like probably a minus 20 points deduction to start next season. And it's all on a merry-go-round again. Um, it's it's hard. I mean, it's funny because during a week when, you know, they put out this thing saying, look, don't come to the ground. You know, I know one or two individuals decided they were going to go down and stick their faces in around. Um, it doesn't achieve anything. You know, it's I, I don't I don't know how I would feel if someone, um, a complete stranger, came up and just started swearing at me in an aggressive manner. Um, I think fists could be thrown, but you know, it doesn't help anything. It's always they you know, demand answers. There's no one here. You know, there's not a supporter who can demand answers. We'd like answers. But, you know, it's, I, like I, said, I think it's a waiting game, wait to see what division we're in, and then it'll come out then. I don't think there's anything to be gained by guessing at the moment, to be quite honest. Mm, yeah, um, I, I, like I say, there's a lot of suspicion about it. I mean, Mark's brought it up there, Lewis. Obviously, we, we, we saw a, a fan did go and, and try and speak to uh, Chris Farnell and, and to Paul Elliott after the game, and I know it got a, a mixed reaction. I guess is probably the the fair way to put it. But I mean, it, it, if anything, it sums up the frustration that's out there at the moment. People want answers, and and, and this fan took it in, un, under into his own hands. You know, uh, there there are obviously the the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust have have their way of doing things. They're, they're not going to go and do stuff the way that 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 Dodger did. Um, but Dodger had his own way of doing it and I think you know I'm sure a lot of people don't agree with the way he did it but he certainly summed up the, f- the frustrations that a lot of Charlton fans are feeling at the moment yeah he did I mean obviously the with us it's, we've had the the pain of the De Chatelet years we had the the false hope of of ESI under under Tanoon and Matt when they came in there was a lot of optimism uh, and you know we were left with egg on our faces Within within weeks, really, you know that we we had the initial interest in November. We got excited. It went through in January. Then there was the January window where nothing happened, and then a couple of months later, uh, you, me, and and Tom are outside the valley seeing the Southall drama. And now, and now this next stage where you know I don't I don't really know anything about Paul Elliott. It, it makes me feel uneasy um, in regards with Chris Farnell and, and the links with with Berry. And and uh, various other uh, club troubled clubs, should I say? Uh, and then obviously the the, the guy yesterday, the the Egyptian fellow. Um, I I don't I don't know him. I have no idea who he is. And it's just you see these people coming and going, and you and you think, oh, are you, what are you here for? What is your end game with this football club? Because Charlton Charlton Athletic as a club in general has, has had its has had its challenges with you know we have we've had the the Selhurst era the, the, you know losing the valley getting back to the valley the relegation from the Premier League and the rolling years and our, our fans have been through so much and all, all you ask is that someone comes in that cares for this football club and wants to take it forward properly and, and give it the attention it deserves is it going to be under this regime I, I don't feel convinced at the moment but who am I to judge because I, I don't know enough about, about Paul Elliott um and I think that what Dodger did yesterday, I mean, he's he's a, he's been a Charlton fan for a long time, so he's he's lived through through various frustrations, and this is just another one to add to a long list. And he's probably just had enough. Do I agree with how he handled it? No, I don't, I don't think you're going to get anything out of them by approaching them, uh, sort of swearing and maybe in a, in a slightly aggressive manner. 
but he, he just felt that he had to do something to get some get some answers. I, I don't think he got a huge amount out of them, but maybe they know now just how frustrated supporters are, and it, it might be a bit of a wake up call for them to see that they can't mess us about. But who knows? We've been here before. You know, Roland's had stuff lobbed on the pitch for for three years, and and it, it took him a long time to to take the messaging and set up. So. We've just got to see what happens. The most important thing at the moment and our, our main focus is is backing the boys on the pitch from home and doing doing what we can to uh, to, to support Boya and, and also get through the end of this season and, and keep ourselves in the championship because the most important thing is that we, we maintain championship status because regardless of whoever our owner is going to be going forward, a drop, a drop into League One will, will harm any chances of any potential buyers coming in if this ESI this new ESI fronted deal isn't what we want then we want it to be an attractive uh, club for someone to come in and take over and and it's going to be a lot more attractive in the championship than it is going to be in League One Excellent stuff right let's uh, start to look ahead then to the game with Cardiff on Tuesday evening uh, one side who doesn't want to be in the championship next next year against one side, obviously, who does in, in ourselves. Cardiff sitting uh, inside the playoff positions. They've uh, won both of their games since uh, returning uh, from lockdown, including a big one uh, yesterday up at Preston North End, a 3-1 win. And, of course, they beat Leeds last time out at the Cardiff City Stadium. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Neil Harris, of course, the manager as well, Tell. I'm assuming you're, you're, you're going down, Tell, and it's uh, not going to be a, an easy evening's work. Yeah, I'll be there, and uh, no, it certainly won't. Uh, the only thing we can hope is that they uh, they may take their foot off the gas a little bit because they've certainly come back from the lockdown period on fire. That's for sure. You mentioned the results, and I think the the Preston one less surprising, but certainly the Leeds one was uh, was, was a shock to the system. And um, yeah, uh, look, if we can uh, if we can apply the same um, passion and the same uh, control. Uh, defensively, certainly that we've that we've done up to now. Then we've got a shout at getting something out of the game. I'd be absolutely delighted with the point, if I'm honest. But you know, if we can get more than that, why not? And I don't think they'll uh, enjoy playing us at all. Uh, and you know, Preston arguably probably didn't have a great deal to play for. Um, Leeds may have gone there thinking that what they had to do was turn up and win. So maybe they caught two teams on the hop a little bit. I don't think they'll do that with us. I think Lee Bowie will have. Uh, We'll have the team fired up as he has done the first two games. Uh, the I think the big thing for us is is what side Lee puts out um, and uh, whether or not he, he risks putting the same team out again, three in a row, fairly quick succession, bearing in mind uh, what's to come and, and maybe there's a few uh, tired limbs out there. We saw uh, Deji and, uh, and we'd already mentioned Tomer, Hemed. Can they go another 90 minutes? I don't know. It's possible. I mean, I think all players would prefer to play rather than train. So uh, it might just be uh, it might just be a game they can handle. We don't know, of course, with Jason Pierce whether or not uh, his good lady is going to uh, going to give birth. So whether he'll be there or not, uh, hopefully yes, and um, and we can put in the same performances that we've done so far. But it will be a tough one, no question about it. Mm, excellent stuff. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be tuning in on Valley Pass because I'm not going to be there. Uh... Due to uh, various reasons, so it's, it's, it's just because of the the new world. I can't get there. Basically, I can't drive there because Amy's got the car. So I'm going to be watching on Valley Pass. So uh, give me a shout out during the game, please tell. And yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. Right, I think that's uh, enough for this week's Charlton Live. Thank you to Terry, to Mark, and to Lewis for joining me on the phone. Cheers, Lewis, mate. 
Cheers, guys. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks uh, for listening to uh, this week's podcast. Uh, So I'll be cheering on the boys from home on Tuesday with you guys. Then either on Wednesday or Thursday uh, we'll do an sort of an in-between pod uh, between the looking back at the Cardiff game and and ahead to Friday's home tie with Millwall. Uh, We look forward to speaking to you guys again then. But thanks for listening to uh, this week's show and we shall see you uh, in the uh, next midweek. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.